Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggle. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. This week, we talked to Felicity Jones, Head of Hotels, EMEA and Global Real Estate Sector Head at Watson, Farley and Williams. Has the pandemic created greater alignment across the hotel stack or are we all hurrying back from whence we came? And when is the quarter of reckoning, do you reckon? Hello and welcome to episode 24 of New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. And this week we are joined by Head of Hotels, EMEA and Global Real Estate Sector Head at Watson Farley Williams, Felicity Jones. How are you, Felicity? I'm very fine, thank you. Delighted to join you on this Monday morning. Thank you for (laughs) joining us. Morning, Catherine. How are you? I'm very well, Emily. How are you? I'm all right, actually. It's a bit miserable here. England haven't won whatever they haven't won, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Inga land. And all who sail in her. But apart from that, we're all remarkably cheerful, actually, for a Monday morning. So that's all good. Um, Oh, and in other news, I've had my second jab. And um, I know, and it didn't take me out for three days like the first one did. Um, And I've also got my travel passport on my phone. So I'm ready to spread the 30,000 cases all around wherever I may travel. (laughs) <laughs> so so that is interesting because um by the time you listen to this dear listener um my smooth haired president will have made an announcement about possibly including travel um although more about more use of the EU travel passport and hopefully your fluffy haired leader um will have come up with some solutions as to how we can all be recognizing each other's vaccines so maybe by the time you listen to this there will be a plan Felicity are you planning on leaving the country if there's a plan um, I'm planning on leaving the country, I think, even if there isn't a plan at this rate, because <laughs> I, I think you get stir crazy after a, after a while and you don't realise uh, how much you enjoy travel until you can't and how necessary it is. And I'm a big believer in um, face-to-face contact. I, I, much as I um, have, we have been very grateful for Zoom and Teams and all the technology, but nothing quite beats a face-to-face meeting to make sure you understand what is needed and what, what you're trying to tell someone. Will you resume business travel in the same way as you had previously, or will you make any amends or a, a, adapt it in any way? I think what I'm more likely to do is spend longer in various places. January of last year, for example, I did two organised days in Singapore and two in Dubai. So I was only out for out of the country for five days. And, and now I would probably spend longer in each jurisdiction and work from there because we are better geared up to working from any jurisdiction. And, and why is that? Partly because... It felt it, it felt so much. You didn't need to spend longer there. You got in, you saw who you needed to see, to see, and you got back because it was it was more important to be back. And but now all the support staff and our teams are better at working together. 
and I think it, it's it would make sense to to settle to spend more time with people in the various jurisdictions, depending on whether you're going on a on a business development trip or whether you're going on a on a deal. But I think spending time with people will be very important. Yes, deeper relationships all around. Which brings us merrily on to um, general alignment, I think, within within the sector. Um, so we did a we had a fun project which um, and we worked with you and your charming team towards the beginning of the year. Was that this year? Or yes, I think it was. Yeah. Um, where we um, we talked about invest alignment within the kind of the hotel investment stack. What are your thoughts? I suppose it's two or three months on um, about the, the the power shift within the stack. Do you see? I suppose we're moving. Although this is, we feel like nothing's happened for a year and a half. We haven't gone anywhere for a year and a half. Quite a lot has changed within the sector in that time. Do you feel yeah. like we have? Have we progressed? Are we likely to carry on progressing? Is there likely to be a better balance of power, or will we all just ping back to where we were? Um, and forget it all? I don't think we'll forget it all. I, I think what slightly concerns me at the moment is with um, perceived trust collateral, I think there is um, a good space for the brands at the moment. Brands are still looking at merging and, and getting bigger. And I still am not convinced that within the stack there is the balance and, and fairness that is appropriate and and that comes down to the transparency and a number of things we, we discussed earlier in the year there hasn't been the move towards a softening of terms I mean I know there will be many who say that some management contracts and franchises you're seeing shorter terms I, they're not significantly shorter for the bigger brands there isn't the flexibility in there and there, there still isn't the visibility on the costs. What is a brand going to cost me? Am I going to be paying their cost of capital while they're developing their product? It's, it's, a, it's one that needs more unpicking or a fairer approach. Say what percentage it'll be in cap it. Do you think we're moving towards that, that area now that everything – because we've one of the interesting things about the pandemic is that every we're always kind of one quarter away from it being the worst quarter in living memory and everything falling apart. Um, but now it seems that we probably are moving towards that that horrific quarter of reckoning and oh the quarter of reckoning. <laughs> but um, so do you think towards this quarter of reckoning is that when we're going to be seeing something horrendous happening and and that actual more equal balance of power? No, I don't. I don't think we are. I think. It, I think. It, unfortunately, much as I, between certainly on the on the funding side, it'll be interesting to see. And I think there's been the, some of the brands have been really good on the, you know, really good. They've allowed people to use the FF&E reserves and things of that nature. What else are they going to do when people were in the position they were in? But coming out of it, what would the demands be? And People are going to have to put their hands in their pockets for the ff &E, for the refurbishments that are going to be necessary. I think all of us have been to a lot of places recently. There are really interesting mixtures. They start to open up. Some you'd think, well, I thought they'd taken the opportunity to spruce this up. 
some of it looks really tired and you think, did it look really tired before and I didn't notice? Or you know, am I expecting a brand new shiny world and it isn't there? Um, but when it comes down to the real business aspects, I think there are going to be more funds will be needed. Um, mm. I don't think they're necessarily going to come from the banks. They're going to have to come from the owners. Uh, there will be some sales, but I, I don't think the brands will be changing their habits. So what can the owners do to, when they come and say, well, you know, we're reopening and we need, you know, 500 more touchscreen TVs and, and robots. And so can we have some money, please? What's the what's the opportunity there? They You need some money, but I need this. Well, I think there is always, you can always be looking for timing on these things and when you've got to implement and how soon you've got to implement and and it it all comes down as well into the sustainability flow because we, we've seen some who are more robust and saying, well, we don't have time to address sustainability. We don't have the funds to address sustainability. It's all too expensive. Um, where I think that the brands do have a head start and where the pub, public want to see a more sustainable world. Well, having said that, I don't think they want to contribute too much themselves towards it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think it will be a bold brand that takes more of the risk with its owners. And I haven't seen that much of it and coming out of it, I suspect they will think well, we've, the brands will think, well, we've been hit very hard too. Therefore, why should we be accommodating our owners, and that comes down to a balance. I mean, we've all been at the conferences in Berlin where, where the owner's never been mentioned. Um, and just occasion, occasionally those with the proper PR training will mention the guest. So, oh, I'm sounding cynical today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that any, any of this has encouraged the brands to think that they should be getting more into ownership? Because we've all been watching Accor and its, and its back. I'm not only saying this so I can say SPACs is going to work, um, but we've all been watching that. And I know they said, oh, you know, we're going to spend it on wellness and this kind of thing, which is, you know, if you, it's great. But <laughs> it seems likely that they would probably use it to buy stuff because there's lots of stuff on the market. Do you think we'll see a, mo- a move by the brands back into ownership? And would that help? I don't think we'll see it by all the brands. Uh, I think Accor is... Um, is unusual in many respects in that it it has a, a risk appetite that um, some others don't, and you know, of course it's got an enormous footprint as well. Uh, but I think that those are very different models, and I, possibly due to my youth, I just I, I do remember when the separation was um, between the. I hate to say the brains and the bricks because I don't think that's a fair distinction, but that's the, that's the way it was run at the time. And I don't think we'll go back to that. I, I don't think that the merits and heights of this world want to be owners. That's not the model, that's not the model that they work on. No, certainly not. Right. And I can't see can't see Hilton doing it either. But 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 Accor is a is a slightly different. Um, Beast. I don't mean beast in a pejorative sense. It is a different kind of operation, um, and that that also makes it very interesting. And they have a they have a flexibility which which I admire. Actually, I, I do think that they're in many respects they're easier to deal with because they understand the 
the owner's aspect as well, which some of the other brands, whilst they will understand it, they won't give it um, space. How do you think, um, whilst you were talking about um, the various brands and the different type of sort of um, tenure and operating models, how do you think the the general kind of travel landscape will will change? I suppose where I'm going with this is one drives the other. So in terms of, we talked a bit about business travel, but general travel, will people, well, uh, yes, I don't want to answer the question for you, but what are the sort of travel trends? Do. <laughs> do you think oh, you're happy with that? Your answer when you talked about business travel being for sort of longer periods, do you think that will extend to leisure travel? Do you think that the sustainability bit that we are all very conscious of, but perhaps do we actually want to bend? Do we actually want to adapt what we're doing to encourage that? How do you? What are your sort of thoughts on how travel will change? Well, I think I think business travel is going to take longer to come back, but I think it will come back. In in it, it interesting seeing the staycation bubble at the moment, and I'm seeing that happens across all the, the other jurisdictions as well. We're, we're seeing a a lot of um, a lot of work and, and new work and new resorts in Spain and in Greece. So I think the a, a lot is being put into the leisure travel market and it's still expected to flourish. In terms of business travel, um, it, it's interesting. Will people will people adopt the idea that they see a hotel group as a club and they go and stay in a hotel in one jurisdiction for a month and then move on to another and then move on to another? In theory, it sounds great, but I think it does depend upon what the business, the business of the individual is. In theory, you can work from anywhere, but it's interesting. And I see it within my own organisation. There is a balance with the the younger people in the organisation that need more training. They need to be with people. I think it's a responsibility of the the mid and senior lawyers to to be in the office to give the trainees and the newly qualified the opportunity to grow so that in in turn means that you don't necessarily want someone thinking well i I can work in in thailand for a month having said that given all the travel restrictions i have been debating whether to work out of our office in greece for a month or the office in madrid and be, able to think tra- and be able to travel more easily you should do that definitely yes, and yes. and if we need to come and visit we're very happy to do that so i can say to my partners in greece you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> i mentioned it to a couple of them but i've been thinking recently um we've got we've got quite a bit going on there and and some new projects and i again because i like meeting people face to face and i think it makes a huge difference and it's and particularly when you're working across international markets i do think face-to-face helps because sometimes there is a a gap to bridge mind you there is in the there is dealing with people in the uk as well so it's bring bring back meetings well travel around europe land seems to be going um significantly better than travel in and out of the uk says our this is our European correspondent. It's true. It's true. I was just sitting here today thinking, oh, I might go to Italy at the weekend because it's like two hours away on the train. Because you can. Because I can. On the train as well, which is responsible and not frivolous travel. <gasps> Greta would be happy. Exactly. So as it's fine with Greta, it's fine with me. 
<laughs> well, a friend the other day was saying they they went to it was Amsterdam to Venice, and the only the only query and no tests etc. The only query they got when they came back was had they been to the UK. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, um, I'm I'm still being phoned and texted by people from the UK having been there last week to ask me whether I was quarantining and have I done my day eight test and so on and so forth. It's, um, I can exclusively reveal here that I am A, not quarantining and B, I didn't do my day eight test. Breaking so, news. So that's why. But the, but the Delta variant is, is everywhere. So, exactly. so I expect what, what, what we'll hear today or later today from uh, our smooth head leader is probably more of that. It's everywhere. So we're going to bring back some restrictions. I think they're going to, they like leaking to the press in this country as much as they do in the UK. So there's lots of chat about if you want to go to a restaurant, you have to show your COVID vaccine passport thing. So, which is fine. I have one. So there you go. Well, they do, they do need to, if, if they're going to take the test and trace seriously, they need to do some, they need to refine the model. Because a number of a number of people you know perfectly well are not scanning into places because they don't want to suddenly get a a, a ping to, to isolate a ping. a ping. That's the word. That's the word I was hunting for. A yeah. ping. That's um. That's that's COVID. Um. That's COVID bingo word, isn't it? How many times can we say the word ping in this podcast? Well, it's, it's probably because we've had pivot, isn't it? haven't we? Pivot's been one of the words. And, then we have ping. and it sounds like, you know, the, the Welsh for microwave is poppity ping, doesn't it? So it's like pivoty ping. So, I did not know that. but you not know that? About the no. Welsh. Yeah, oh, ping. my God, people start talking about paradigm shifts again. <laughs> oh, no, anything, no. anything beginning with a P. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Too much, too much. But you raise a valid point. The, the the test and trace, track and trace, pinging, whatever we're going to call it, is that that mm-hmm. system was designed a year ago, wasn't it, when we didn't have a vaccine? Um, and it's crippling. We know it's crippling the staffing, the already dreadful staffing situation within the hospitality industry, but it's also affecting, we're well, affecting everyone, isn't it? Schools, um, the NHS. Uh, so, yes, if that could be updated, that would be tremendous. I was thinking the other day in the context of, of government support or lack of in terms of the hospitality sector as a whole, there almost needs to be a proper shift in in approach to appreciate the skill sets involved. Uh, a client of mine said, you know, I'd rather have, perhaps I shouldn't quit, I certainly won't name them, but they'd rather have one French waiter than several more English staff and the point they were making, I think, comes down to the fact that in England it isn't valued as a profession. A lot of these roles aren't as valued as they should be, and, there, and therefore there isn't the element of respect, therefore the, there isn't the element of commitment. And I think that's um, a great pity. There's still jobs for you to do while you're waiting around to get another job, which will be your proper job. Yes, exactly. And that, if there's and one reoccurring theme across these delightful podcasts it's that isn't it that it is we say it, it without without fail every week that's the point that that's made um it just perplexes me that we we this isn't a conversation that's changed in any way since I was doing my cooking degree um which was not last year sadly um so I just <laughs> we need to progress this conversation this needs to move on from just sort of chat to doing something um 
doing is hard. I know. It's hard. better to chat. It's better to chat. And, yeah. and, and before, there was always a, a rich supply of people who were happy to do the doing if nobody else wanted to do the doing. So and of course, a lot of, lot of the models but, um, now and yes, are working towards now that you have to do the best staff. You need to pay so more money and not make um, their lives hideous. Yeah, we're, we're taking the jobs out of the system because at the same time. Just, the hours are horrible and the pay can be horrible. Anyway, cheery, cheery. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but lovely lesson, Paul. Take us back to the positive note because things are opening up. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, as we let's 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 go to the questions that we asked all our, all our guests at the end of the podcast, and perhaps these will throw up some some conversations as well. Um, so, the first of these is when the shutters are up, and I've had the jabs in my arm. The first thing I'm going to do is. <laughs> well, I've had I've had the jabs, but I don't think the shutters have quite come up enough. But. Um, Definitely Greece and Spain because of the resort markets and the business that's growing. So I feel very business-led at the moment. Um, and uh, itching to get out to Dubai because I've got a new team in Asia Pack, and I think Dubai is the place where we will. I have I have met them, but I'll meet them properly face to face so we can do do more planning. And I think we'll try and meet in Dubai if not Singapore. But um, so those those are the first three things on my list: Greece, Spain, Dubai. It sounds like a charming road trip. Again, if you need anyone to carry bags, here to help. <laughs> here to help. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's interesting you've cited um, trips to see colleagues um, as as sort of primary activities, and I and I think again that's something that a lot of people, in the same way, on the leisure travel, people want to go and see family that they haven't seen for two years I guess it's that's the equivalent isn't it in in business travel is going to see colleagues and, and re-establish those um organizational relationships yes we would also sweep up client, client meetings at the same time but yes it is it's re-establishing relationships absolutely um okay next question the best thing about the hotel sector is the people so there, it's the people, it's the spirit to adapt and and the constant evolution. I, I think it's a it's a wonderful industry. And and there are some inspiring people and there are some tricky people, but nonetheless there's still a there's still a, a very good solid core throughout it. I couldn't agree more. So next question. The hotel sector would be significantly improved if I think I sort of touched on them. I think I think better government. Well, it's it's a huge range, isn't it, from government recognition, and not just the the, the paying of the furlough, but proper government recognition of the how much the tourism and hospitality industry is worth. I may be slightly out of touch with some of the campaigns, but living in London at the moment, there is so much it's got to offer, even without the theatres open. You know, I, there should have been a magnificent campaign for most for all these cities that have got really interesting calls to them to get people to want to go into the cities as well as go to the resorts in Cornwall. I think that that it, it's stumped me that I haven't seen that happening because it, it just seems I haven't seen it plugged as much as I would have expected it to be. Um, 
also, I think in terms of to bring it back to the real business side of it, a demystification of program charges and cost recovery. But I know that it's a bit of a bandwagon of mine, but I, I do think that that, that isn't happening. Uh, if anything, it's, it's, it's just as mystifying as it already was being sent a whole list of services provided and the costs of those services. You, you can't, still can't easily analyse exactly what it's going to cost you. Uh, so that I think is is would be a huge improvement. Bit of clarity, sounds good. Will make um, my job easier. <laughs> and we're all for that. That's going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, and make the cost of my client cheaper. That's good as well. Um, okay, penultimate question: What the industry needs now is balance. A bit of balance. A bit of um, a bit of encouragement. Some inspiring leaders that value all the stakeholders, whether they're employees, owners, guests. So something that I, I would hope to see coming out of this generally, which is that consideration of, of making making all the parts work together rather than totally the taking for your own part. I don't think that was terribly clear, but <laughs> I knew what I meant. No, I think that was it was crystal clear. I think and um... And and we've heard a lot, haven't we, across different industries in, in sort of cultural and societal um, debates that that sort of collective, um, yeah, that sort of coming together and the value of community and all. It's a it's a variation on a theme, isn't it? And I think that that's what you're you're saying that the industry would be would be much better. I just. I just hope that that is remembered and, and retained and there isn't just this, you know, sort of flight to back to what we know. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I fear that I've seen in everyday existence more of the flight back to what we know than I was expecting to. Um, you know, <laughs> frankly, if you, stand ba- if you stand back from a doorway thinking you'll let others go through first, you'll never get through that doorway. And that's exactly what we're back to. So That's a very good analogy. Absolutely. Okay, final question. And this is a question, not a statement. I'd like to think we've learnt from this. I I think we've learnt quite a bit. But I think not all of what we've learnt is good. And it's what we do with it that really matters, isn't it? It's like um, a lot of discussion about ESG. You see... I'm seeing a lot more on the sustainability, which is great, but on the social and the governance, hmm, that my jury is still out as to whether we've moved as far as we should do. So amazing things have happened. Amazing things have happened in the last year, um, and tensions have been revealed that none of us really realised were there for different communities. And I think those those will see some continuing improvement. But whether or not we've learned as much as we should have done. My um, my niece was working in a restaurant, and in the end she decided that, you know, people coming in were just getting ruder and ruder and ruder, more, more and more difficult. Was it something she really wanted to do? So I think it, it goes back to it's not just the industry, it's the public that you're dealing with. And it's it, people should be just thinking thinking a bit more about others and a bit more about their community. Yeah, that's interesting. Was she? Um, was that during in the last year that she's been? She's decided that it's the restaurant business isn't for her. 
Uh, yes, it, it, it well, it was it was always going to be a stopgap anyway, from from a degree because qualifying this time, it's pretty difficult to know where your career is going to go. Um, but but even as a stopgap, it, it it wasn't the the other staff, it wasn't the job, it was the uh, the attitude of the people who get very cross about masks and things like that. So. Yes. Difficult story, but there's a lot of hope and a lot of positivity because we're moving forward and it's still a great industry and it's still lots of opportunities and deals will start to happen and people will start to travel. There's a lot of pent up energy and that's probably why it's coming out in the in odd directions. But pent up energy and lots of cash. And there are all different aspects to the industry as well. It's all different. Beds products, for want of a better word, whether it's student accommodation, apart hotels and hotels, it's uh, and the, and across the globe. So it's fascinating. It very much is. Yeah, it is. Um, Felicity, that was an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Catherine, have you got any other musings, or are you just sort of waiting to go and find the next famous person? <laughs> yeah, I saw that nice Jessica Chastain. Oh, oh, proper yeah. famous. Oh yes, the proper famous people are here. Well, she, she's doing a blog now to say she's seen you. Well, I should say. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I found this um, this bar that is right next to um, the Martinez, where everyone is staying. The people who don't have helicopters, anyway. Jessica Chastain, um, and uh, and you can just sit there and watch the famous people come out and judge them while drinking Aperol spritzes, and it's like the greatest half hour you'll ever spend. Can you take? Oh. I'm not sure about that blue dress. I'm not sure about that. Oh. <laughs> Magical, it really is. I'm That's not what sure we missed Aperol, during the Aperol pandemic. Spritzes. People, give me Campari instead. No. So, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad, I'll do that later. Glad we managed to get food in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the food comes after the drink because yeah, then you can't resist it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We didn't have a biscuit chat today, but we um we'll, we'll round it all off on which cocktail we're, we'd we'd most prefer. Whilst you get lots of ball of nuts with your with your apérol, so Such responsible drinkers mm. and eaters. <laughs> <laughs> as long as no one else has touched the nuts. <laughs> And on that note, I did wonder about that. Right, I'm vaccinated. I think it's the same disgusting level of nuts that, that it was before the pandemic. Oh. So I think I'm still immune to what's in, in there. We'll see in two weeks' time. We talked about, you know, progressing things or just going back. That's something that we should, you know, definitely put in a forward motion. Anyway. <laughs> moving on um felicity thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure i hope you have a lovely rest of your week um and thank you very much Catherine. thank you both you made me feel much chirpier (laughs) thank you everybody for listening and we shall um please join us again next time bye-bye for now bye So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time. <laughs>